Hey, this is Kendra Whitaker Shine. And I'm Crystal Alston. Welcome to Sisters. We are here for another episode of Sisters. Yes. And we actually have our first guest speaker. We are really excited about that today. I'm super excited. I'm, I can't wait to hear, you know, what, what she has to say. Well, you just gave it away that it was her. So thank you, Kendra. Oh, what, will, we, will we be having he's on here too? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Who knows? So as, as we always do, before we get started, we're going to go ahead and start with prayer and giving God our honor and just get, well, giving him his honor and giving him his glory. Lord, thank you for showing up for us today. Thank you for the opportunity to just talk more about you, to learn more about you, to share with our listeners about your greatness and who you are and what you've personally done in our lives. Thank you for the opportunity to record another podcast. Thank you for the opportunity to have a guest speaker, Father God, and that she's crazy enough to join us on this podcast. Lord, I ask that you speak through her, speak through us as well. And we ask that the conversation that we have today will glorify your holy name and that sisters will walk away with something special, Father God, that you put on their heart. We ask these things in your son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to go ahead and introduce our very special guest. Her name is Miss Ernest, Mrs. Let me get that right. Mrs. <laughs> Ernestine Jackson. Hi, Ernestine. Hello, Crystal and Kendra. How are y'all doing? We're doing really well. We're excited Very to have well. you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for sure. Should we, should we call you Mrs. Jackson? You can. I've <laughs> <laughs> Nicknames, Mrs. Jackson E, Ernestine, I hear it also. I don't mind what you decide to call me. Okay, so Miss Ernestine Jackson, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you're bringing to the conversation today? So um, as you already stated, I am Ernestine Jackson. I reside in Dallas, Texas. I am a registered dietitian and a nutrition coach. Um, So I've been in the field, I always say six plus years, but as time flies, um, I think that's probably now seven or eight. Um, I'm really passionate about nutrition education, um, healthy lifestyle, healthy living, all of that um, together in one. So on today's podcast, I'll be sharing information about what it is to live a balanced lifestyle. I'm hopefully clearing up any like false assumptions or any myths, fat diets, all that great stuff. Um, I'll be able to clarify that and give some recommendations, some tips and things that not only do I share with my clients, but uh, things that I actually live by. That is phenomenal. So one of the words that you, that stood out um, out of the many things, beautiful things you just said was the word balance. And so what I think I failed to mention is our, our last podcast, we talked about just finding balance and basically asking the question to our sisters, can we have it all and balancing work and family. And, and now we're talking about nutrition. And so 
it was important for us to have you on um, one as an expert in, in, in your field, but to have you on to talk about what that, what your personal experience has been with nutrition, and then also um, how you've been a blessing already to the community. So thank you so much for, again, for being here. Can you um, talk a little bit about how you, how you know, how you know me? Because so for those for those who um, are listening, um, Kendra and uh, Miss Jackson um, <laughs> just met for the first time, but um, Miss Jackson and I um, have a very interesting story about how we know each other. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Miss Jackson? Sure. Um, so I attend. Um, and I'm not sure if you're a member or not, Chris, I never asked, um, but um, I attend Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church um, in Dallas, Texas under um, Pastor Tony Evans. And so they have a really good marriage ministry at the church. And so they offered a course um, or a course class speaking about what it is to have a kingdom marriage. So um, me and my husband started that course and then Crystal and her husband were in that course as well. So me and Crystal never really spoke, but we saw each other because it was Zoom and we had to have our cameras on. So um, we saw each other um, and it's funny because I would say, I had told my husband, I'm like, oh, Crystal and her husband, they're the other younger couple in the group. Yeah, um, And then- uh, later down the line, Crystal said that they thought the same thing. Um, so Crystal had reached out to um, our mentor, our instructor, and said that God had placed it on her heart um, for her to connect with me. And so um, me being the extrovert, super bubbly, friendly person that I am, um, <laughs> when the mentor reached out to me, it was like, do you mind if I share information with Crystal? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, you could go ahead. I don't mind at all. You can share with her. So um, she shared my information with Crystal. Um, Crystal emailed me. We exchanged numbers. And then that's how our relationship established. And we're journeying together, I would say, as we both continue to grow as um, kingdom wives and establishing um, kingdom marriages. See, and that's why I wanted you to tell the story because it was, I mean, that was absolutely beautiful. That was excellent, <laughs> right? And it was, and it's very accurate. And speaking of our, our mentor, actually, um, we talked to her last night, you know, our mentor has a, a tendency to really school us and be very upfront. Would you agree or disagree, Ms. Jackson? Very upfront, straight <laughs> to the point, no sugarcoating, no hiding behind the bush, none of that. <laughs> yeah, well, we need to have her on one day. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so yeah, so. Ernestine and I, like she said, we were the youngest, um, we appeared to be the youngest couples in that 10-week uh, course that we did. And so we've actually never met in person. Um, it's our, our communication has been, like she said, either via Zoom or through texting or on the phone. But one of the things that stood out to me um, about you, Ernestine, was just this, um, one, it was your, your love for the Lord. And it just your desire to, um, to really help people. And then you gave me some pointers on business when I, I learned that you had started, um, that you were a registered dietitian and you started your own business and you left, you know, um, the nine to five to do that on your own. 
you know, that's, that's something Kendra and I can definitely relate to. So I immediately uh, reached out to Kendra and was like, oh, I know, I think I have a, I know, I know who I want to have, who I think we should have on this podcast. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been great getting to know you and to really just learn about you, learn from you and learn more about you. Well, thank you. So let's get into the wellness and the balance that you're teaching your clients about being healthy. Um, why is this topic important to you personally? So this topic is important to me personally because for the longest, I didn't even know, and as crazy as it may sound, I didn't know the importance of food. Um, I believe growing up in a um, low-income household, youngest of nine, Black community, food um, was established it was originally introduced as like a survival mechanism. It wasn't, there really wasn't many options. You ate what was available and you ate when you could eat. Um, and so as I grew up, um, I, you know, with that in mind, our food choices were typically not the best. So I grew up overweight, um, obese. And as I became like, you know, a teenager, it became a more of an issue or not even an issue. It was um, now I could actually be able to see the role that it played because as a child, that really wasn't a concern. So um, I was an athlete. And when I started um, boxing, so I, I played basketball, volleyball, I threw shot put. So as crazy as it is, I was overweight, but still doing all these great things. <laughs> um, I started boxing and that in a nutshell is weight-based. So I couldn't compete until I started losing weight until I got to a lower weight. Um, so as I started um, that journey, I became more in tune with my food choices and I had like an aha moment, like, wow, what we eat really does matter. And it's like, yes, I would be taunted for being large and taunted about how I ate, but I was never given that guidance on how to do better and how to change those things around. So around that time as well, my mom was diagnosed with diabetes. And even at this time, I didn't even know that registered dietitians existed. And when my mom received her diagnosis, she received her medication and that was it. She did not receive any guidance. Um, all the instruction she received was all about medication, wow. not anything about what she could do lifestyle wise to better manage her diabetes. So my mom had saw that I was losing weight and I was making better choices. So of course the doctors tell you cut back, make better choices, but they don't give you the breakdown of, of what that entails. So me and my mom had that conversation and I was like, look, mom, I've been losing weight. Um, I've done a little research and I know that one of the ways to help manage your diabetes is to lose weight. So together, my mom and I went on like a weight loss journey together. We lost over a hundred pounds. And my mom wow. better manage her diabetes. And so at that time I was enrolled in a um, health science course. So I've always been super nerdy. I knew I wanted to do something that was hard and science-based, but I didn't know what. And it wasn't until um, I experienced my weight loss and I was able to share the, just the small things, basic surface level things that I have done or did at the time to get my results and the things that my mom has done, I realized how much I loved helping others. I realized how much joy it brought me 
to see my mom going from not knowing what to do to counting cards to losing weight to watching portion sizes. So it was at that moment I'm in class. I told my teacher, this is what I want to do. I, don't, I was like, I don't know what it's called, but I know there's something like this and this is what I want to do. And so then, and this was when I was 16 years old and my uh, teacher was like, that's a registered dietitian. And so from that point, um, I just continued to make those changes. And as I got deeper into my journey, I was able to learn more about food. So beyond the surface level, and then of course, went on to college, um, got more education about it and became a registered dietitian. So my mom's journey and my journey were those um, initial events that really showed me um, that this is something that I really wanted to do and encouraged me to pursue it. I love wow. that. I love the, the purpose you associated with your passion. I, I'm, I'm loving their story. Oh, thank you. So, and, and I just learned that you are a boxer. Like I, I had no idea. That I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> Do you still box? Yeah. No. So that's funny. Cause I go to the boxing, gym, but I do not compete. So I don't compete anymore because, um, well, number one, again, when I'm uh, me being super nerdy, when I got to college, well, backtrack, being a boxer requires a whole new level of dedication. Um, and I, I feel like I made so many sacrifices at such a young age, not that it wasn't bad, but yeah, it not that yeah, not that making sacrifices is bad, but I feel like with how young I was in the mindset and the lifestyle that I lived, um, I feel like I, I didn't really get to enjoy much. So it was like I'm learning about food and then now I'm gonna restrict or now I'm gonna um be like a control freak because now I'm having to maintain my weight. It was a lot of adjustments at once. And then when I went off to college. I'm a first generation college kid. I did not like where I was in the middle of nowhere coming from Dallas to the boondocks. Horrible transition. And I had a goal to get out there, finish college early and carry my butt back home. So when I got there, I was like, I don't have any. I literally um, I was like, I don't have time for games. I don't have time for anything that's going to make me be out here any longer. And I'm really one of those all or nothing type of people. I will stop doing something versus half delivering. And so while trying to adapt to being away from home, adapt to this college life, adapting to these courses, there was no way that I could fully deliver the amount of energy and time that I needed to, to be successful in the ring. So I had to make that tough decision. Like, am I going to what am I going to do? What am I going to give 100% of? And I made that choice to give 100% of me to my education and to becoming a registered dietitian. So I still like me and my husband will get like on the pads. Um, I'm really close to my coach and her family. So I still go to the gym um, here and there, the actual boxing gym, but as competing, I no longer do. I stopped my freshman year of college so that I could focus completely on school. Wow. That, that's, so, a, that's a very inspiring. That is. So wait, are you, are you saying actually that boxing was offered through your high school or you did it on the side? I'm just curious. Uh, those no, who was, have parents at that, uh, parents of teenagers at that age. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's, um, it was, it's not offered through schools, like in the community. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I know they have that. Yeah. 
Very good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is, I love boxing myself. I did a little stint, not as a training for that, but just for exercise. I boxing in North Carolina and it was a lot of fun. So I can understand why you, you would do it. So that's awesome. Yes, I really enjoyed it. I would definitely say that it's a lot of like discipline, different skills and mindset outside of the physical aspect of it. It definitely helped shape those areas in my life as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Ernestine, in terms of, I really enjoyed the personal testimony um, about yourself and, and, and really about your mom, because I think a lot of us as black, with black families, I think we can relate to that, the whole diabetes and um, heart disease and unfortunately the cancers and colon cancers and stuff. I mean, it shows up in a lot of our, our families, mm-hmm. right? And so the fact that you had not only this burden for yourself to get healthy, but you had a burden for your mom, um, I just think it makes it more personal. Do you think today, um, I mean, is she still up? Do you think your mom is still applying some of the, using some of the tools and the techniques that you taught her back when you were 16? Is she still doing some of that stuff today? Oh, absolutely. I make the joke all the time. I'm like, uh, are you the registered dietitian? (laughs) Wow. But yes, absolutely. And I will hear her um, sharing tips with my dad too. Um, Of course, she's, uh, she'll be like, oh, you're not supposed to eat that. Oh, you don't need to eat that. Ernestine said, so um, she definitely still applies and um, applies those tips and the things that I've shared with her. Um, she's been, she's definitely been able to maintain her weight loss. She has not gained her weight back. And then, um, of course, being a diabetic, she has to go in. Um, I want to say every three months to get her blood work done. And so she's very consistent with that. Everything, um, as far as like her A1C, which is a long-term marker for diabetes. Um, when she goes in, that's always well, her doctor, always commends her on being um, well controlled with her diabetes. So absolutely, she's, she continues to apply everything that we've shared. And my biggest, um, I like to say, awareness brings about change. So Mm. I don't think it was ever a point that my mom didn't want to do something. And it goes for a lot of my clients as well. I don't think it was ever a point that people or, you know, speaking to my mom in particular, didn't want to lose weight, didn't want to be healthier, but it wasn't until she was able to see how her choices were affecting her health, um, leading up to her diagnosis of diabetes, um, that she really honed in and took control of her lifestyle. So with all of, now that she knows the, co- the consequences of um, poor choices, the consequences of diabetes not being managed, um, she tends to, of course, keep up with all of that and stay well controlled. I have a question for you. Um, with what you do, are you able, do you find that your clients are are um, able to reverse diabetes period? Or is it really just kind of like a management thing? Like, is it something that your diet can reverse diabetes? So I want to be very careful and mindful about the words that I choose. Right. So I don't want to say... Uh, that's okay I don't want to say reverse so what I do with my clients and I I guess I can better um, answer by giving an example what I do with my clients is um, we like kind of wean them off of any medication or anything that they're doing and then I allow their doctor to take them off or allow them that 
allow them to know if they can discontinue doing it, um, taking that medication. Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. will say, and the thing about nutrition, love and hate relationship, it's very, it's science-based, but it's also very opinionated. In my Mm -hmm. opinion, so I can say this, in my opinion, can diabetes be reversed? I say yes. Um, Right. In my opinion, science will, may tell you no, other dietitians and doctors may tell you no, but from my experience and my practice um, and what I believe, I believe that yes, it could be reversed. And even if it isn't reversed, um, you can, I call it like a spectrum with just, and I'm also a um, visual person with being non-diabetic on the left and diabetic on the right. Even if it's not completely reversed, I do believe that you can move very, very close to that non-diabetic range. Right, right. based on the numbers. Yes, based right. on your numbers. So I've, I've seen people like my mom, for example, um, I don't think this is uh, violating HIPAA, y'all don't know her name. So she, <laughs> um, she like, she, her, her A1C is maybe a few points off from the pre-diabetic range. So pre- being right. pre-diabetic isn't actually being diabetic. So she's a few um, points away from being in the pre-diabetic range. So, so as you know, over time, it does take time. Over time, you can move further away from that um, diabetic end of the spectrum. Absolutely. That's that's good. That's um, kind of the situation where you know I've I've ex- not me experienced, but you know I've seen other my husband's family members try to, I guess you're right when saying reverse, probably, I know legally they use that term, you know, very carefully, but um, (laughs) seeing, um, seeing that you can basically live a life as though you don't even have it. And I I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, or I'm trying to, I'm still trying to understand this, but you can still enjoy food without, and, and, and manage your situation not just diabetes but any of your health situations right yes absolutely and that's my I have I'll you'll hear me say I like to say or my slogan I have a lot of those um I always (laughs) say drop the diet uh create a lifestyle and yeah that's good is and that's what I teach my clients how to enjoy life food is such a big point in life like it's everywhere (laughs) everything that we do events, gatherings, celebrations, food is there. So Mm -hmm. I focus on um, meeting my clients where they are. So I don't Mm. take that restrictive approach. You can't do this. You can't do that. I meet you where you are. And we start with the most modifiable and tangible goals Mm -hmm. so that at the end of working with me, it's not like I just came in and disrupted your life and changed everything around. But I help you, like I mentioned before, establish that balance. So still Mm -hmm. eating the foods that you love. Granted, we know the foods that everyone, healthy, not healthy, diabetic, not diabetic, should limit in their intake, like your fast Mm -hmm. foods, your fried foods, all that literally good stuff but um but I help them to establish that balance of being able to eat the foods that they eat on a daily basis um being able to create what I call a balanced plate with the foods that they have right in their Mm -hmm. kitchen so that's my um that's my goal when I work with my clients helping them establish that that balance with what with where they are 
I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier, um, one of the, one of my takeaways is, you know, once you know better, you do better, right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, um, too much is too much to whom is given much is required or probably Mm -hmm. messing it up, saying it wrong, but basically once you, yeah, once you know what you're supposed to be doing, or once you're informed, it's kind of like, okay, now are you going to make the choice to do that? And I think that in our community, and you said this earlier, a lot of times we just don't know, we don't have the information. So we go to the doctors and we have these health issues, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, high cholesterol. And there's this push, it feels like to, okay, take this magic pill. But then you learn very quickly on that that pill comes with side effects, right? Mm -hmm. And so you may go into, um, to lower your high cholesterol, but then you come out and you now you're experiencing, you know, crazy migraines two to three mm-hmm. times a week that you never had before. And so mm-hmm. what I what I appreciate about what you're doing is you're providing information and you're saying, hey, um, pill pushing is not the only way. And I'm not and I'm not necessarily or the best that, way or the best way, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that pills are horrible because there are a lot of pills out here who help people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying I'm not against um, people taking prescription drugs. However, I think what you're showing us is that there are alternatives and we can do this in a way that is really basic. It doesn't feel like it at times, but it starts with what you're putting into your body. Absolutely. And and I think we miss that as 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 a black community. We miss that a lot. We look, our people love, we love, we love good food right Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but we also forget or just don't really pay a whole lot of attention to or don't know the history um sometimes of our food right and i'm talking about pre-slavery days like where did our food our food come from because a lot of times we don't know i fully know our history but there's there's been this huge gap in terms of health i believe when it comes to our people. And I think that you, what you're, the work that you're doing is helping to bridge that gap. Yes. And to piggyback off of what you said about the medication. So a lot of times too, um, people think it is that magic fix. So, um, and definitely speaking from experience, I've seen a lot of times that people think that now that they're on, let's use high cholesterol as an example, now that they're on um, appeal to help lower their cholesterol. They feel like what they eat doesn't matter because the pill is going to offset what they mm-hmm. eat. And even when I do um, get clients that are on medication, before I even talk about the medication, I focus about what's on the plate because your medication mm-hmm. is only going to do so much. Your medication mm-hmm. is not going to lower your cholesterol if you're continuing to consume a diet that's going to increase your cholesterol. So it really doesn't make sense. I'm like, Hey, at this point, you might as well not even take the bill because, <laughs> because you're, you know, you're working against it. And so, um, to, um, a lot of black people don't, and that's a whole nother topic, but don't like going to the doctor or necessarily listening to the doctor. And that goes with, um, history as well. And I absolutely agree, but it's like when, when you, 
are presented with this problem and you are made aware, it's like, okay, if you aren't going to listen to the doctor, this doesn't mean just to keep carry on with what's going on. Some intervention has to be made. And that goes back to, okay, are you going to work with the registered dietitian? Are you going to take your medication? So that's another thing as well. Um, I feel like our community, we shy away from doctor's help and not saying that they are helpful. Um, but it's not like they're finding an alternative. They're just deciding to almost ignore and just continue to live the life that they live even after that um, situation or condition is presented to them. You know, I hear a few good things from what you're saying. One, I hear, I, 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 let, let me be the first to say, I'm one of those folks that, that I don't like the doctor. If I don't have to go, I'm not. Like, I think I first started going baby, to the doctor when I started having babies. I don't know. But um, uh, I, I, I do hear holistic is what you kind of offer. You take more of a, a holistic approach when you kind of see it from, okay, it's not just medicinal or it's, it's all about what this earth has to give and what this earth has to offer, which is naturally made and what God made for us is best for us is what, what I'm hearing. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I would say to you, um, even, so I want to, I don't, the term holistic and that that's a whole nother. So I don't push, um, and not saying that you're saying that I push. No, but I, I know what you mean. I'm saying, yeah. I'm, like, I'm saying a whole approach, not holistic, a whole approach. Yes. Like look at everything. Like if you're not going to look okay. at just this one thing, look at the whole pie, not one slice of it. Yes, absolutely. That is definitely, um, definitely my approach. And, um, like Crystal had mentioned, um, earlier, there are medications that work and, you know, mm -hmm your medications and your food work hand in hand. So once you, in my opinion, once you can nail the um, nutrition aspect of it down, then we can work towards um, removing your medication or um, cutting your medication in half or, you know, any, either one of those with the goal of eventually not being on medication. But it starts yeah. with, see, people want to remove the medication first before they get right. their nutrition and their, um, their lifestyle in order. And it's yeah. the other way around. You get your nutrition, your plate, your mindset, your lifestyle, you get that under control. And then we can discuss um, removing your medication or reducing your medication. Would you say, Ernestine, that in terms of um, people finding out about uh, registered dietitians and nutritionists, would you, would you say that um, in terms of health insurance and things of that nature, is that usually, and, and I have to say, I've never paid attention to it. I've never looked at my healthcare app and said, oh, I'm going to see if my insurance covers a nutritionist mm -hmm. because again, that's just, that's just, it really hasn't been a part of my culture until recently. But would you say that people shy away from it too, because it's not maybe offered with their insurance, their health insurance? So there's so many factors. So one thing, um, so health insurance, they're very, I was gonna say they're very ugly. They are. They're very ugly with what they decide <laughs> to cover. From yeah. my Experience, you basically have to be hooked up to a dialysis machine. You have to have stage four kidney disease, something um, almost extreme for them to, to cover your, your, and the term is medical nutrition therapy, um, to cover medical nutrition therapy. Now they do categorize mm -hmm. obesity 
as a um, disease. So if you're overweight, you're in, and I can, and I'm speaking general insurance. Um, if you're overweight, nine times out of ten, your insurance will not cover you to see um, a registered dietitian. If you're obese, they may give you three visits for the year, um, and then it's like a it's a long process. You have to get a referral from your doctor. You have to see if the dietitian's in network. So a lot of times, people don't they don't seek a registered dietitian. They don't know like that that that's a thing like their their food their diet that's not a priority so mm-hmm. and then also people are more on the um they're they're not proactive so they're reactive right so it's not until they do have a disease <laughs> that they may seek other help outside of the doctor and then also too um the doctors give like that general nutrition advice and they think that's enough. So the idea mm. of seeking someone else for more nutrition advice is, isn't on their mind. And then a second thing too, speaking more for like the younger generations as well. A lot of we're on this whole social media movement and a lot of people see these fitness models, these quote unquote gurus online, and that's where they seek their information. And so mm-hmm. they'll rather Google save a couple slides from somebody's Instagram page, then actually go seek professional help. And then two people, which I'm not going to say they can't, but people have um, believed that they can do s- certain things when it comes to food on their own. And they don't understand the depth and um, the complexity of nutrition, especially when you're eating to manage a condition. So those are two different things when you're eating for your, you know, general health and having a healthy lifestyle. And then when you're eating to manage a condition and people don't understand that. So yeah, I get a lot of times people don't even know um, what a registered dietitian is. There is a difference between a nutritionist and a registered dietitian as well. So um, it's the information and we always say we're underrated in the, in the industry, really are in the health industry. So beginning yeah um a lot of insurance companies they don't even readily make that available what do you think about on your annuals it's your doctor for women it's your gyno um and then it's your dental and vision that's it Mm. so it's not really highlighted as being as important um as those other visits as well so if I can ask Ernestine, where, how do people find you? Like, do you service people across the country? Are you, I mean, how do, how do you, how does that work? So all my services are virtual. So as long as you have internet connection and a mobile device or laptop tablet, um, I'm able to service you. Um, so are you saying in like speaking about my practice in general or, um, you can speak to both. Like if, if you, if, I don't know how it works, if like, if it's something that you do locally, how, do, how should, you know, listeners go out to find access to a registered dietitian? Um, or if you service across the country or around the world, how does that work? So um, a lot of times with me, people find me social media, um, word of mouth. So my website is allthingsnutrition.org. Um, so I'm also like in a lot of different health and fitness groups. So that's how a lot of people find me as well um, mm-hmm. in general. And I personally do not accept insurance and that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> so I do understand when people are wanting to seek a registered dietitian, but they want to go through their insurance. So you can actually um, 
that's something that you can look on your um, profile with your insurance. As far as like finding coverage, you can go, it will be a specialty. Um, and then you can find who's in your network as far as um, a registered dietitian. And there is a website and shame on me for not knowing it off the top of my head. Um, there's a website where you can find a registered dietitians in your area who accept your insurance. But to be honest, the easiest way, um, instead of playing phone tag and calling different offices or different people to see if they accept your insurance, the best way would be to go through your insurance and figure out um, who your insurance covers. Okay, that's good, good tips, actually. Um, if Chris, I'm not sure if you have another question, but I have one more question for you. Um, sure. Um, I think, you know, I think Crystal Mitchell, Crystal mentioned at the beginning that this, this is a lot about um, balance. And right now we're talking about balance. Do you find that um, diet, the, what your services provide? Um, because I feel like my, my personal experience, the experience of others that I know, balancing our nutrition has a lot to do with what we can balance on our plate just in general. So like, you know, I, I happen to be a mom of three young children, five, three and eight months old. And so it's hard for my husband, you know, I, I, I say I work, I'm a full-time mom and a full and a somewhat full-time realtor. So balancing getting cooking dinner and clients and my husband's schedule because he's working and my kids schedule because they've got to, you know, they're homeschooling. Balance. I find that balance has a lot to do with what, um, you know, what time I have on my hands, right? So mm -hmm. I venture to say, or I, I guess I ask rather, you know, how does your service, um, does your service offer that kind of guidance as well? Like how, how do we plan out a, a good diet? <laughs> so absolutely. And that goes back um, to me saying meeting my clients where they are. So what and that's another thing what balance may look like to you may not be the same as what balance looks mm -hmm. like for other client for another client so a right. lot um of my work as well i say is like first of all what you um nutrition and what you put on your plate begins with the mind so i help mm -hmm. shift the mindset of my clients understanding and teaching hey you know every day doesn't have to be perfect um, with your busy schedule, there may be a day that you have to stop and pick up fast food, but the next day, you know, we can be a little bit more intentional about preparing dinner in advance or a little bit more intentional about choosing a healthier um, stop versus like Taco Bell or McDonald's. Um, so I, I help my clients figure out what balance is for them. And so also reshaping the mindset of what I'm a balanced diet is. So a lot of people think it's perfect. Like people always say, if someone sees me eating nachos, they'll say something like, oh, I didn't know you ate that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I can eat this. Like this is a part of me having a balanced diet. So um, I really, in a nutshell, I really help them establish or teach them or and give them examples of what a balanced lifestyle and diet looks like and then I work with them I let them really have the floor but with me and support um, help them establish what balance will look like for them because I don't want to tell you do x y and z and this doesn't make you feel good or you don't feel fulfilled or you still feel like you're lacking so we work together to establish um, some sort of balance for my client's life in particular love that that's great that's awesome I, I will say, and I don't think I've, I don't think that I have put this out on the, our podcast yet, 
Um, but since we're talking about food, I will say that one of the things, one of the conversations that Ernestine and I had really early on was um, my transition to vegan, to becoming um, a vegan, or I like to say more plant-based. And I agree with a lot of the, the things that you've said today. Um, one of the reasons why I personally transitioned to plant-based diet was because of the um, health issues from um, my father's side of the family and just, um, and then my own personal health issues. So um, it started out with me transitioning to just kind of eliminating dairy and then from there eliminating um, beef and pork and then just kind of watching my body over time and how it responded to different foods. Mm -hmm. And once I had, and when um, Ernestine, you and I had the conversation and we started talking about, you know, what that looked like, um, I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, like there's, I've heard of dietitians and nutritionists, but I, I can't say that I know one personally, you're actually the first one that I met, but on my journey, other than following people, like you said, on social media, like it's, it's been my own personal journey. Like I, wasn't sure who to reach out to until you and I spoke. Um, I never really even thought about looking at my insurance or just having the conversation with someone. It was just kind of like, I'm just going to try this thing. I've heard a few couple of people who do it and I'm going to see, you know, if it works for me and like three weeks turned into now a year and a half. Um, and, and it's been a positive experience, but Going, looking back, I would have definitely, um, I would have definitely liked the guidance of someone with your expertise so that you're just not, you're just not figuring it out on your own. And that's a good point that you made. So a lot of times too, so like just speaking from using you as an example, um, once people get the hang of something, they think, oh, cool, I don't need any help. But using um, the vegan plant-based example, so a lot of times, not a lot of times, there's a lot of um, nutrients that a vegan or someone who's plant-based may lack because they've eliminated animal products. So that's not something that a regular person who's journeying on their own may realize or may know, or they may experience vitamin deficiency symptoms and they, the, what they're putting on their plate is the last thing that they think about. Um, like if they're lacking energy, they're not thinking, oh, it's because I eliminated animal products, right? They're thinking, oh, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. So having that guidance and having, working with a registered dietitian that gives you, like you said, more guidance and that assistance along the way. So when it does come to things like vitamin deficiencies or side effects and things of that nature, you have someone who can help you and guide you accordingly. I agree. Or, and I would also add when you, as from, from my own experience, and this is embarrassing, I lost a lot of weight when I transitioned to, to plant-based. And then during COVID, my husband was like, okay, well, he's at Whole Foods and he's picking up all these all these baked goods that say vegan on them. But guess what? Um, all those baked goods, even though they're vegan, that's a whole lot of sugar. So your girl mm -hmm. went from losing a lot of weight to just getting a little extra thick. <laughs> I was eating very well, but, and I was, I was thinking, oh, it's vegan. It's, it's not going to hurt anything. 
No, <laughs> you still have to read the packaging. You're still eating sugar. So you would have been extremely helpful to me um, before I gained the extra couple pounds that I didn't, that I wasn't expecting to say, <laughs> uh, Crystal, you need to chill out there just because you're eating potatoes and, uh, and you're eating uh, dairy-free uh, cheeses and stuff like that. This stuff still adds up, but that's, that's the, that's the part that again, no, you don't know. So you're just kind of walking through it blindly. You think you're doing the right thing and your intentions are good. But there's no there's no guidance other than what you see on social media. Absolutely, for sure. So mm-hmm. as we wrap up today, I want to again, um, I want to thank you, um, Ernestine, for joining us. This has been extremely informative and um, just really 100%. helpful. Yeah, just really helpful. I don't think this is a conversation that is is had very often in our community. And that's why Kendra and I wanted you to join us today. Um, can you tell us once again, where people can find you, um, your email address, and then also your um, information for social media? So um, my website is allthingsnutrition.org. Um, I recently changed it because I had too many dashes in there and I didn't want to overcomplicate it. So it's simply allthingsnutrition.org. There are links to my emails and my social media pages on there. So I will share that information, but just in case um, you're not able to write it down or if anyone forgets, it is on my website as well. Um, Also on my website, there is a contact form. So if you forget my email, if you don't have my email, you can fill out the contact form and I'll be able to reach out to you. Um, And there's also a link to subscribe to newsletters on my website as well. So there's plenty of ways to get in touch and to remain in touch. Uh, my email is info at all-things-nutrition.org. Definitely maybe simpler just to fill out the contact form. Um, on um, Instagram, it's all things nutrition with uh, two underscores. And then on Facebook, it's all things nutrition LLC. So again, all of that information um, is available on my website. And that again is all, that is simply allthingsnutrition.org and you can access my email, my social media pages and um, fill out a contact form all on that website. Thank you so much, Ernestine. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Yes, I, um, it definitely was a pleasure being able to be on the Sisters podcast and to share uh, my knowledge with you all and everyone who's listening as well. Thank you for listening, sisters. Until next time, we will check you all later. Thank you for listening to Sisters. We hope that you enjoyed our latest podcast. Want to hear more? Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And be sure to check out our website at www.mysisters.com.